Hello and welcome to the We Love Betting podcast in association with Gambler Tips. Hi guys, hope you're well. Mark O'Hare here from We Love Betting to help steer the ship towards some weekend value from the Premier League and beyond. With me to discuss the odds, the lines and the markets is the brilliant Tom Love. How are you doing this evening, Tom? Yeah, very well. Thank you, Mark. Uh, delighted to be on this and first one, hopefully first of many. Yes, hopefully so. Uh, unfortunately, Jack Lambden couldn't be with us this week, but we are able to bring in a very capable replacement in Will Dyer. Will used to be a Wheeler betting contributor before he hit the big time. Uh, Will, great to have you back on board the WLB ship. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, mate. Thanks for the intro. Um, nice to be back contributing to Wheeler betting after about a four-year hiatus, I think it is. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, if you're not aware of Will, uh, go follow him on Twitter. He's very good. But also, he produced a number of really interesting feature pieces for, for We Love Batting back in the day when he was contributing, uh, some of which we still promote to this day. So, worth checking out. Um, now, before we get into this weekend's matches, I just wanted to pick your brains for the listeners. I know it's always a bit too early to make sweeping conclusions at this stage, but Tom, what stood out to you from last weekend's football? Any major readjustments to your ratings? Any surprises? Any frustrations? Any sort of aha moments at all? What what kind of stood out to you? Yeah, well, it was quite a strange weekend, really. Um, I usually have quite a bit of success on opening day with prices being quite generous across the board, uh, especially in the EFL. Um, but there was some pretty odd results and... Yeah, and I know we were quite strong on goals in uh, the Plymouth game. Uh, we were 1-0 after about five minutes, I think, and it, it ended 1-0 in the end. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit of a bizarre opening to the season. Um, but I think it is important to understand that it is a long-term thing. Um, there could have been a lot of outliers there. You just don't know at the minute. You kind of rare. I looked... They're about six or seven game weeks in before you can start really making your ratings and stuff like that. Um, a lot of people have kind of asked um, how, how are you kind of getting to know what teams to value at this stage of the season. And to be honest with you, it's very hard because there's been so much turnover in players, uh, management, and the, the fact that there's no fans could affect teams more than others. So I kind of look into um, more behavioural stuff. So I look at ma- uh, managers' post-match press conferences, or um, how, how they're feeling, what their squad's looking like, what shape they're in. I've kind of tried to watch as many of the highlights as I can of the Football League and the Premier League from last year, just seeing how teams are setting up as well from a tactical point of view, and then kind of trying to work that into my thought process for the weekend but yeah I think um, the best way best way to go about things in the early stage of the season because there's such a dearth of data um, and a lot of people will rule out last season's data which I can understand to some extent given the turnover in players um, I'd be looking at managers and seeing seeing the vibe around the club if a, if there's a good vibe around someone like Port Vale for instance they started well there's a good vibe around there uh, they beat Crawley, who have a really bad vibe around their club, and they beat them very comfortably. So, so that was something that I, I was quite keen on at the weekend, and it paid dividends. So, yeah, I, th- I think there's a lot to consider, but um, look at managers and see what they're saying at this time of the season. Okay, interesting. Um, Will, uh, you've always been, and I mean this in the nicest possible way, very adaptable, very versatile with your punting. Um, you're always looking for what I'd probably call underappreciated markets. Um, you're now obviously on Twitter as the resident go-to account for, for penalty selections as well as red cars, etc. So just give listeners an idea as to, to what I mean by that and, and what you've been doing, how you go about it and why you've taken that approach. Yeah, sure. I, I think, I mean, we, I took that approach um, originally because of the introduction of VAR think we saw around some of those major international tournaments a few years ago world cup 2018 i can't remember how many penalties it was now but it was sort of 30 or 40 percent of matches i had a penalty um then the, you know the markets didn't react to that quickly at all you during the tournament we were still able to get on at great prices um 
and yeah i kind of just went from there and tried to you know there's so many of these markets have such high volume that there's not really much value to be found i think you need to be looking in more niche places so i've decided to pretty much focus my attention on penalties and red cards these days um and another big factor in that has been putting a, a whole lot of of waiting towards referees um kind of built up a bit of a system or a model as such where we've got some kind of in-game variables such as touches in the box or or deep conversions allowed and deep conversions for um which correlate quite well with penalties anyway um and that kind of gives us a bit of a sort of a an xg for penalties but then i'll also look at the actual stats of penalties awarded and conceded um and add those together with the referee come up with a an implied probability and then compare that to the market but in general as well i kind of agree with tom at this stage of the season i am using last season's data as an indicator but you probably want like six weeks of data for this season at least especially with a market which is a bit more volatile like penalties or red cards before you can even start having any kind of confidence in in what you're back in yeah, very true. Um, but let's move on now because we have got four big games we want to preview. Um, but coming up first, I just wanted to say a big thanks to all the very kind support and feedback we've received from members of the new WLB Gold uh, subscription service uh, involving myself, Tom and Jack on Telegram. It's been a, a challenging week, but we've learned plenty and, and making moves behind the scenes to bring you guys the best possible service. So please do watch this space. Um, if you're not, if you're listening and interested in joining, head to the WB site for more details on that. But uh, let's get into the games then. A few fantastic looking Premier League games to get our teeth into. Uh, I think we'll start with the showdown on Super Sunday. Chelsea versus Liverpool it is obviously the standout fixture in the Premier League this weekend. Chelsea 9-4 to four at the bridge, Liverpool 6-5. to five. I'll come to you first, Tom. This should be a, a real humdinger. Terrific word. I don't think I don't think I've ever heard that word mentioned in uh, anything else but football parlance. But um, you know, it should be an entertaining game. So, what's the bet here, and, and why? Yeah, it should be entertaining. I completely agree with you there, Mark. I think that if you look at the two sides games last week, it kind of says it all. I mean, I think in terms of quality, um, the Liverpool Leeds game was was much higher than the Brighton Chelsea game. Um, but you just saw how suspect, really, both defences were. And um doesn't fill me with hope that either team are going to get a clean sheet. Um, I have to say, I, I was impressed with Leeds. However, when I was looking at uh, the data afterwards, Liverpool actually created 3.12 expected goals. Um, so they kind of deserved um, three or four goals. But Leeds only created 0.33. And still managed to score three times. So, really good quality strikes from them, being clinical as well. Um, it's very it's very rare, really, that Leeds get outshot so much. So, it will be interesting to see how they respond. But, yeah, I was very impressed with Liverpool, I've got to be honest. Uh, I thought that Chelsea might, um, might threaten them a bit for the top two. Um, I'll stand by that uh, after one week. I'm not going back on that yet. But, um, yeah, I thought that that Chelsea could have been a bit better against Brighton, especially defensively. I mean, if you look at the data in that one, it was quite even. I think it was around 1.5 apiece, uh, there or thereabouts anyway. But it, I think that that could be seen as a positive for Chelsea, if I'm honest, because how many times did we see them last season where they'd absolutely battered teams but um, not put the ball in the back of the net, very profligate in front of goal um, when Tammy Abraham was in and then uh, Giroud came in, it improved a little bit after that. Um, but now they're kind of taking the chances. Werner looked very sharp, I thought, if Havertz didn't. Um, but they've got so many options who can come in and off the bench. I thought that that wasn't really their strongest starting eleven, if I'm honest. Um, I'm not sure how Ruben Loftus-Cheek managed to get into that midfield where they've got so many options who could come in. Um, it wouldn't be a surprise to see someone like Ross Barkley come in for this one. Uh, had a bit more attacking impetus, um, a bit more of a goal threat as well. But yeah, I think all in all, this this really should be an interesting game from a tactical perspective. Um, it should be end-to-end. I think Chelsea aren't going to set up this season to be defensive, and that's kind of music to the ears of Liverpool. We saw Leeds like to be quite, um, quite adventurous for a team that used to come up, well, that's just come up even. 
Um, so, yeah, I'm expecting goals here, if I'm honest, Mark. And you look at the goal markets, um, I think over two and a half, seeing a bit of money, that, that line's now at uh, two and three quarters, which is still fair. Um, but I'd, I do think both teams will score, so I'd rather take the 20 to 23 on Bet365's Bet Builder for both teams to score and over two and a half goals. Uh, if you just combine them both on there, you'll get a better price than what you get just on the basic market on that site. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's probably the way in here. Um, just a, another shout um, from something that's a bit bit more out there, I guess, um, in the player props market. It's something that I tailed quite a lot last season to, to a decent amount of success, and I don't think the bookies have quite cottoned on just yet. Um, and that's to do with Trent Alexander-Arnold, who is, of course, on free kicks for Liverpool. Um, if you hack your mind back to last year, he scored an absolute belting uh, free kick at Stamford Bridge in this fixture. So he, he's got previous here. And he's actually even money on Coral to have a shot outside the box. Um, and that looks really good to me. It landed quite a lot last season. Uh, sometimes he were getting two and three as well. I mean, if you get a, a free kick in a dangerous position, he's probably going to be over it. And whether the shot ends up in, in the back of the net or in row Z or hits the wall, uh, he's still getting paired out if it's a shot, an attempted shot. So even money on that looks really good. Um, he's 11-2 to two for two or more as well. And I've got to say, I'm going to have a bit on that as well. So three bets there, which would be both teams to score now over two and a half in the main market. But have a look at Trent to have a pop from outside the box. That's even money for one, 11 to 2 for 2 on Coral. Good stuff. Uh, Chelsea, Liverpool, Will, what are you looking at? Yeah, um, I looked at the match odds. Um, so the 1x2 is exactly the same as, almost exactly the same as what it was in this fixture last season. So in the, in the actual game at Stamford Bridge. Um, yeah, I mean, so there's nothing really there for. I mean, the fact Liverpool were almost the same price to the title as they were last season as well kind of suggests, I guess, that that price makes sense. Although Chelsea may have shortened a bit in um, in the run-up to the season. Um, I think goals is probably the way to go as well. But I, I haven't got any better bets than the, what Tom's given up there. Um, on a goals perspective, obviously, we had that 5-3 towards the end of last season. Um, I've looked at the ref, which is Paul Tierney. Um what I wanted to say actually as well about referees is the reason why I give them that extra weighting is because even within the same league, you can kind of get such a, a range between a referee on their penalties or their red card stats. You might you might have one ref giving 0.1 penalties per game and another giving 0.4. Um, Tierney is, the, he gives the second most fouls per game last season, but he's very low on cards, which is, you know, doesn't really add up that, that that's, the case potentially he I haven't looked back further than last season you might want to do that um but his 13th out uh, of 17 17 refs last season that 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 did uh more than 10 games in terms of cards given um and his lifetime is just 3.15 cards per game which is the lowest of any regularly active Premier League referee right now same for Reds he's the one of the lowest 0.08 per game and nothing doing on pens either I know a couple people have mentioned um there's a bit of a kind of feud going on between Klopp and and um, Lampard, so there might be a bit of heat in this fixture. But for me, I think the the value is on the undercards there, based upon the fact that if you add Chelsea and Liverpool's um, booking points together last season, they're only coming up with. Uh, 1.3 cards per game Liverpool last season when they're away 1.05 when they're at home um, these two are very low on cards essentially and you've got the lowest referee around in the Premier League on cards so for me uh, under 3.5 cards is 1.83 with Bet365 um, you might want to shop around not every bookies priced that market up yet but but that's what I'm looking at Okay interesting got a few angles there for for listeners to get their teeth into. Um, let's move on to Monday, because I think the second best game of the weekend is, is actually Wolves welcoming Man City to Molyneux. City's first game since their Champions League exit to Lyon. 
no real surprise. They're, they're very short odds on favourites. I think four to seven is available, but widely around eight to 15 for that game. Uh, Wolves 11 to two at home. Will, I'll come to you first. Uh, where's the value on Monday night? Yeah, um, I think Wolves have City's number. They did the double over them last season, didn't they? Um, Traore with that breakout performance in the in the 2-0 uh, win and then a, a 3-2 win, which maybe was kind of a bit papered over by the fact that uh, City had 10 men with an Edison mistake. But uh, I'm expecting another good season from Wolves without European distractions. City haven't played since losing to Leon on the 15th of August, which might be a running theme in, in my kind of feelings towards a couple of these fixtures this weekend. Um, so, I mean, City were 1.4 to win this game last season and they have 1.53 this time. So clearly they, the bookies have cottoned on to, or, you know, they're thinking the same kind of thing there or the money's going in towards Wolves more than it did last season. Um, there's obviously the whole Traore being the most fouled or one of the most fouled players around actually of Grealish is run away with that but those fouls that are on Traore are usually in areas of the pitch which result in a card more than the, the little niggles that maybe Grealish would get in the centre of midfield um, he was again fouled twice um, in the opening fixture Traore against Sheffield United um, so I mean I would wait on lineups here but João Cancelo probably up against him at left back um, he was carded, went up against Traore last season, as was, I mean, this was the crazy game. Um, Rodri and Fernandinho also carded. So the a trio of left-sided midfield and defenders for City were all carded when playing Wolves last season. So wait for lineups. I think it's 4.5 for Fernandinho, who's getting on a bit now at 35 years old as well for a card. Um, João Cancelo as well, I believe is... Uh, I've not got the price in front of me, I'm afraid. Sorry, actually. But um, yeah, Rodri might not be playing, but Gundogan could take up that position. He's 6.5. Sorry, yeah. And and um, Jao Cancelo is 4.75 for a card as well with 888 Sport. So that's how, how I'm approaching it. I think City will probably be the the team with the cards in this game. So you could also look at them on Asian handi- Handicap Cards Market at 1.85. Uh, at bet 365 so if it's a draw you get your money back and yeah that's my approach there i think wolves will give them problems basically yeah i agree uh tom what do you fancy it in the wolves man city game yeah well wills kind of took the words right out of my mouth i mean i was looking <laughs> at cards as well um i think it'd be rude not to uh for all the same reasons i, could, I can hark back to them them two games between these two last season I think that with Wolves, teams really, really struggle to understand how to play against them, especially the big teams. I mean, we've seen in that, I know it's only documentaries, but we've seen in the Spurs documentary, we've seen in the Man City documentary that Pep, he just doesn't know how to deal with a team like Wolves. And I think that 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 respect that teams give them means that they very rarely lose games. Um they're a scary team to play against with how they're set up. Very solid defensively, but they've got such a threat with Traoran and the clinical Jimenez, who was excellent in the first half last last week at Sheffield United. Quite interesting, really, that um, Wolves, so long, a second-half team, were 2-0 up uh, within about seven minutes in that game and kind of faltered and, and struggled, really, in the second half kind of role reversal of what happened last year. Um, but they've, as Will said, they've got no European commitments. So they, they could make a charge for the top four. I wasn't too keen on them before the start of the season because there was a few a few rumours of like discontent with, with Nuno and um, not getting players over the line. But since then, they've made a few additions and it seems like quite a happy camp. So, yeah, I think, I think that the value would be with Wolves here. I think they're available... Um, plus one on the Asian handicap. I mean, I'd want a little bit more than that, if I'm honest, against a team like Man City, who creates so much. But, yeah, it's one of them where I might give head-to-head a little bit more of a nod than I usually do, just because it's pretty much the same teams. It's the same managers. And, um, yeah, I think that, as Will said, they've got got their 
the heads here, and I think that Wolves would be the value. Um, but I, I think that um, it kind of does rest on whether Emmerich Laporte plays here. Um, we all know how influential he is for Man City in terms of results and keeping clean sheets, etc. If he doesn't play, I think that both teams to score at 4-5 to five with Betfair and William Hill is, is a big play. Um, I just think that the threat that Wolves have on the break will will end up in at least one goal. It would not surprise me if Laporte doesn't play if Wolves score twice here as well, uh, which is a nice chunky price if you want to get involved with that. But again, it, it's quite hard with this being a Monday game and we're recording on a Thursday uh, to kind of second-guess the team. So it's one I would wait on. And yeah, ju- just another nod to what Will mentioned about the cards. I mean, if it isn't Cancelo, I've got down here Mendy's 11-2. to two. Zinchenko's 10 to 1 if he starts with Bet365. Oh, yeah. Nathan Ake, he, he's played at left back before. I'm not sure if he's fit or not. He's 8 to 1. Um, and he, he does like a card from what I can remember last season. So, yeah, some massive prices on the Man City players in the card market. Uh, I was looking at the, uh, the, the line on Man City to collect the most cards, um, which was slight odds against, I think, but. The, um, the Asian Handicap Office has scratched out on that, what Will mentioned also. It's good. Um, I think Sheffield United picked up two or three cards and Wolves uh, picked up none or one. So, yeah, I think that Wolves will get fouled quite a lot here. Maybe look at Wolves' free kicks uh, closer to the time. We bet 365, they usually offer them up. Um, I expect them to get hauled down <laughs> quite a bit. But, yeah, I, I just kind of... I wouldn't go overs on the cards here just because it's Andre Mariner in charge and he's um, he's quite lenient um, for this standard. So I'd maybe look at Man City collecting most cards as well. But both teams to score is a big play if Laporte doesn't play for me here, Mark. Good stuff. So quite two of you both nodding towards cards and uh, a bit of an edge towards Wolves and potentially goals as well. But it's quite often... Or quite, uh, you know, team is dependent on all those plays. So we'll see what happens on Monday. Uh, the final Premier League game we're going to look at is also on Sunday, going back a day again. Uh, Southampton against Spurs at St Mary's. Saints have been drifting after their midweek defeat to Brentford, where if you listen to their head coach Ralph Hausen at all, he was very unhappy with how they performed. Uh, they're now around 23 to 10, uh, which does feel like a big price at home to a Tottenham side that. Uh, is playing in Bulgaria on Thursday night and, and back for a midday kickoff on Sunday, which is quite a tough schedule. Spurs 13 to 10 favourites. Tom, Spurs only won four away games all last season. Mm. They looked pretty poor last weekend against Everton. Is 13 to 10 a price for you? And if not, what is? <laughs> it's certainly not a price for me. <laughs> um, if if you have heard me last season, I, I was more than happy to get against Spurs away from home when they go off as favourites. And um, uh, you'd have made a lot of money if you did that and uh, it's just a shame that this game isn't being played last season because if it was I'd be all over Southampton plus a quarter um, at quite a generous price that's been on the drift as well um, you could probably even get some something around 1.65 1.7 on, on Saints plus half a goal I'd presume now with that drift but I'd still make Saints plus a quarter of a goal on the Asian handicap the bet here just because there's there's holes you can pick in both teams, really. Um, I was very disappointed with Southampton last week at Palace, but that's not really the team that they like to play against. Um, they like to play against teams who are a bit more open, uh, where they can exploit like the gaps with the pressing. But if a team's sitting in a really low block and they go long, then it, it does get quite hard for them. Um, whether Spurs will do that or not, I'm not too sure. They might do, and that kind of plays into the the factoring into this bet. I think that Mourinho gives sides away from home a lot of uh, a lot of respect. To be honest, he, he seems quite happy with a draw in a lot of cases when he's on the road. So yeah, I think that Spurs would take a point here, and I can't be backing them at 13 to 10. I mean, the, the, at the time of recording, they're they're set up to play against Plovdiv, as you mentioned, in Bulgaria, and they've pretty much gone with a full-strength team there. Um, it's a long trip, and uh, this is on Sunday. I do appreciate that. It's not Saturday, 
but it is a 12 o'clock kickoff and it is away from home so there's just as much stacked against Spurs as there is Southampton uh, you mentioned about Hassan Hootel being very angry I think that he was kind of trying to make a bit of a nod to the board to to kind of give him a bit more resources because he deserves it. It, it was excellent last season. Um, people remember the, the poor starts of the season, but their, the data then was still quite good. Uh, there was just being quite unfortunate and that 9-0 nine, nine loss kind of, um, that's the thing that sticks into everyone's mind. But before then, they, they weren't that bad, just weren't taking the chances. But second half of the season, they were very clinical. Scoring plenty, creating plenty, and I think that they are a better side than Spurs, if I'm honest. Um, and I think they've got a better manager as well in Hassan Hootel. So at home um, against Spurs, I'll be backing anyone plus a quarter, pretty much, um, especially Saints. So yeah, that that's my best player here. I've kind of gone back and forth a bit, but um, I'm, I don't want to get too caught up into this Hassan Hootel stuff after just two games. Um, at the end of the day, Spurs are uh, going to be less well-rested. And um, I think that since, even though they played a full-strength team against Brentford, um, them legs in the minutes match, we do them good. Um, I think that's probably why they played a full-strength team. I mean, it was bemoaning the lack of fitness, but um, that's probably down to a real lack of pre-season friendly. So he, he might just be treating that as a pre-season friendly. Um but yeah, I think Saints, Saints are the bet there. Couldn't put you off both teams to score again at four to five with William Hill. I mean, you think about Jose Mourinho teams and um, being quite dour games. It's not really been the case since he's been in at Spurs. Uh, a lot of games where I've seen both teams to score, um, they've been very poor defensively, which is not Mourinho-like. Thought they looked terrible at the back last week against Everton just as bad as they were going forward, to be honest. But I do expect them to cause this high line a few problems. If they can get Bergvine and Son in behind that defence, I think they'll have quite a bit of joy. Uh, they'll try spin it up, like, back to front quite quickly. They did that quite well under Mourinho towards the end of last season, so I expect them to do the same here and uh, cause them a few problems. So, yeah, I, I like Saints plus a quarter. I wouldn't be shocked if it was a score draw. Um, couldn't put you off maybe a 1-1 or a 2-2 either but uh, I was thinking about the card markets as well just because it's two two managers who are they're fuming with their team and they're, they've called out their players already there's only been two two or three games of the season and uh, both managers are kind of calling out the players for being unfit, lazy whatever you want to call it so I think that the players will have a point to prove uh, Hoiberg going back to his old club as well. I bet he's a, a walking yellow card there. He is most of the time. <laughs> so, um, yeah, take a look at cards. Um, both teams to have over one card, 21 to 20. Uh, 21 to 10, sorry, with Bet365. So it's over two to one. You, you don't really find that too often. Now, David Coots, refing, who's more, more of a championship referee, but he, he does tend to dish them out a bit more in the Championship than the Premier League, but that's a big price, that. Um, and if you just want a bit of a bigger price, you can chuck both teams to scoring with both teams to have over one card. That's 9-2 to two on Bet365's bet build, and um, I think I'm going to have a, a decent little wager on that because it, it just looks too big to me. Good stuff. So plenty of punting angles for Tom on the on the game at St Mary's. Will um, Southampton were well fancy to go well this season. I mean, I'm included mm. in that. So they haven't looked themselves. I know we're only two games in. So are you pro Saints here, or what's your bet? Yeah, I mean, if you'd asked me ten days ago, I would have been. But um, it's a bit of a difficult scenario with both these managers having problems with the fitness of their squads. Ings being, you know, potentially rumours that he, well, at least he's not quashed rumours of him leaving either Hassan Hootel. Um, I had, you know, I did a kind of a consensus of everyone's season predictions in the Premier League and, and the EFL as well. And I had Saints down as finishing in the top 10, as many did, and Spurs regressing probably a little bit more, even potentially to seventh. So um, 
on that basis at the match odds, yeah, I guess the value is with Saints, but it's not. It's actually not really for me. I, um, Spurs are playing a strong lineup right now in the Europa League as well. So in Bulgaria, I think they are um, as well. Which I guess there's that whole theory around Europa League and then playing on playing on a Sunday and then having a hangover from from that. So you could even say that that adds to Spurs uh, adds to Saints kind of. Uh, potential for this game, but um, they haven't really done anything in the transfer market, have they? Losing Hoiberg to this exact opposition, most of their signings are all been defensive players. Something I've, I noticed um, on Saints is that they had the second worst pass completion in the Premier League last season of only 73%. Uh, Spurs are seven, or 81%, which was sort of top eight, I think. Um, Maybe that just shows that Saints have a little have a go at the bigger teams, and that's why that pass completion breaks down. I'm not sure, but I didn't look at on an individual game by game basis. But that would probably tell me that Spurs are going to have more on the ball. Um, and my bet was going to be, or will be, over 51.5% possession for Spurs at 1.85 at 888 Sport. That is, um, but I couldn't stop you from from getting with Saints as well on a quarter of a goal line like like Tom has mentioned yeah I mean I can see it you know Southampton were in Brentford on Tuesday night or Wednesday night um, so not too much for travel Spurs having to go to Bulgaria on Thursday they won't be back till Friday morning at the earliest really and then they'll have to travel down to the game on Saturday evening you'd imagine stay in a hotel and start off again on Sunday so it's it's not an easy turnaround um well, let's move on. Uh, each week we're going to have a look at one of the biggest games in Europe. Um, we all love a bit of continental football here at Wheel of Betting and it's uh, a great weekend for Eurofooty fans. Uh, we've got Serie A returning, Bundesliga returning, La Liga and Liga are already up and running as well. So I think that's pretty much all of Europe's leagues back and ru- up and running this weekend, which is obviously brilliant for us punters. But uh, looking into this weekend, I think the match in focus for us is uh, Borussia Dortmund against Borussia Mönchengladbach on Saturday evening. The Bundesliga back, which is brilliant. Um, this looks to be a real ripper, I think, on paper on Saturday evening. So, Tom, what's your view on how this best bet? Sorry, well, how's your view? What's your view? <laughs> and uh, what's your best bet? Yeah, I mean, I'm absolutely buzzing that the Bundesliga is back. It's one of my favourite leagues to watch, probably my favourite. Um, I was delighted when that was on BT, all them weeks where there was a real dearth of football. Um, but that was on it, kind of showcased it in a, in a really good light, I thought. And, um, yeah, these are probably two of my favourite teams in the league, if we're honest. Two teams that play attacking football. Um, they like to get the ball on the ground and they've got a lot of pace in forward areas and that, that usually means goals galore. And um, it's very hard to see past the goal-filled game here. I think um, you just look at the both sides and a lot's been made of Bundesliga teams losing the key players this summer. Obviously, Havertz from... Leverkusen and Leipzig have lost Timo Werner. Um, there's been quite quite a lot of rotation around the clubs as well, lower down in the in the division. Um, but yeah, I think these are two teams who have kept uh, the best players. I mean, if you look at Dortmund, they've still got Sancho, of course. He'll he'll play here. I I presume. I mean, I'd expect him to go next summer probably. Um, still got Haaland, who's just a joke up front, and they've. They've added Bellingham, of course, who it wouldn't even surprise me if he got a start here. I know he's only young, but um, in a slightly deeper role, he, he's had a good pre-season by all counts. So, yeah, I, I, I think um, Dortmund are going to really challenge Bayern this season again. Um, it might take a change of manager, perhaps. I, I mean, I've always been a bit offish about Lucien Favre being their manager, it just doesn't really fit the MO for me, but he's done pretty well, to be honest. Um, but I think if, if they brought in someone um, who'd be a bit more adventurous, they, they could really storm the league. And yeah, I, I fancy them to score quite a few here. I've got to be honest, it's hard not to see that. Their, their record at home is excellent. Um, even without the fans, I thought they had a good home record. Um but without the yellow wall, it is a bit of a blow. However, I do still expect them to win this game. Um, they're around 1.67 best price, but 
if you want a bit of a boost on that, I'm I'm not putting anyone off uh, the home win and both teams to score, which is seven to four. Um, that's around with quite a few firms at the minute. Few few places might boost that to about two to one, which which would be nice. Um, but yeah, I was, I was looking at both teams to score and over two and a half in this as well. It's eight to eleven. It's not quite my my range. I, I prefer punting at stuff about four to five or bigger. Um, but yeah, I, I think Gladbach can play the part. I mean, they've kept Marcus Tudam, who was excellent last season. Um, player still there, Breland Bola, uh, Neuhaus as well. And they've got a lot of options going forward as well. They're, they've added um, the lad um, from Leipzig as well on loan, um, who uh, Hannes Wolf, who who has a lot of potential. Uh, Lazaro's come in as well on loan from Inter. So they've got a lot of options going forward, especially the left-back as well. Ben Sibiani, someone we've talked about before in the past, loves to get forward and get shots off. Um, so I'm expecting... I can't see this being a defensive game. Um, but there, there is a few doubts over the fitness of player um, and Mbolo, which, which is a bit of a blow. So maybe Marco Rosa might go for uh, Patrick Herman and Hoffman on the wings. And kind of try pack the midfield a little bit, stop Sancho getting them runs in inside, um, and try and play on the break a little bit more. Um, but either way, I still think there'll be goals. Um, but I'd back Dortmund to get on the right side of it. The goal lines at three and a half. No surprise there. Twenty-three to twenty is the best price with V bet for over three and a half. Um, but. I think that Dortmund will come out on the right side of it. Um, so Dortmund to win and both teams to score at seven to four would be my bet. But Haaland four to five any time with spread X, uh, it's very hard to put you off that. The guy's an absolute joke. So um, it wouldn't surprise me if he scored two or more. That's a seven to two park as well. But um, maybe maybe one for your, uh, one for your multis. This something like Dortmund to win both teams to score, Haaland to score. Something like that. Um, but again, it is the first game week, so it's not going to be anything massive for me. Um, but do expect goals. Tom expects goals. Uh, Will, what are you saying about Dortmund Gladbach? Yeah, I think Tom's done his homework for sure. I've, I've seen a fair <laughs> few of those those insights as well around Mbolo being out. Um, he was actually injured by his teammate, Matthias Hinter, in Switzerland, Germany. So... <laughs> It's not done him great favours there. Um, yeah, I think uh, Bellingham and Giovanni Reiner as well for Dortmund have had good pre-seasons. Apparently, he's, Reiner's scored five, four in pre-season and it scored in the DFB Pokal um, last week as well. He's four to two to score any time. That could be could be worth having a look at. That's with Sky and Betfair and Paddy Power. Um, yeah, I think the, the Black and Yellows have won 11 straight against the Foles uh, since 2011. So I don't like looking at, I mean, I'd say I don't like looking at head-to-heads and I've spoken about Wolves City last season as well. I think you can look at them sometimes, but you can't put too much too much importance to it. You know, that kind of, in 2011, the teams were completely different, but um, sometimes that might be a factor, at least in fans' thinkings. Um, and yeah, I think, I mean, if you look at last season, I think you can look back at, previous head-to-heads when you're looking at similar teams and similar managers um and so last season Dortmund beat um Gladbach by one a one goal margin in all three meetings um and that's 4.0 sorry about my decimal odds um <laughs> that's all right it's uh it's three to one for you um in old money uh at Sky and Bet365 um I think yeah Tom's right that 1.6 for Dortmund to win is a bit too short for me as well when we, we've got two good teams here. I am expecting them to, to be maybe slightly better than last season even for Dortmund. Um, but I don't think they would run away with this game. So the value for me is on a close match, I think, but with a Dortmund win. Okay, good stuff, guys. Um, it's almost time for the naps and the long shots, but first we've got a little competition uh, asking you guys on Twitter for your best bets. Uh, the contributor with the biggest price winner will scoop a £20 free bet. Um, so I'm going to try and run through the entries we've had before 5pm when we started recording. So um, Toby Palmer, someone you'll know well, Will Dyer, um, he's yeah. going for Chelsea v Liverpool under one and a half cards 
in total. I think that's five to one. Chris Lamond, uh, Motherwell, 30 plus booking points at 13 to eight. Jordan Grant uh, has gone for dunk, 60 plus passes at 2.15. Newcastle Brighton. Uh, Atlas tips, Leon, 20 plus shots at four to one. Uh, he said Leon are averaging over 20 shots a game this season, playing Neem, who are, although, are 13th of the fourth worst expected goals against in the league. Uh, Mank Clark has gone Ipswich to win away at Bristol Rovers at 8-5. to five. Nick Spears is going for a penalty to be taken and scored at 11-4 to four in Palace at uh, Man United. Stephen Close has gone for Cluj to win from behind at Astra Georgiou in Romania on Saturday at 9-1. to one. Tom Bryant also to win at BTTS at 6-1. to one. I think they're away at Harrogate. Um, Specky has gone for Bayern minus one, Dortmund, Norwich and Hull in a four-fold at 7-1. to one. Alex has gone Bruno Fernandes to score a penalty at 4-1. to one. PD has gone for Hibbs double chance and over two and a half goals at 6-1. to one. Riley has gone for... The draw in Gorica against Istra in Croatia this weekend. Uh, Paul Anthony Marshall to score first and either Man United to win 4-0 or 4-1, which is a scorecast boost, double chance at 25-1, to big price. Uh, Statsbet has gone for Atletico Gio to win in Brazil. Uh, Gary Shields, Newcastle to beat Brighton at 2.7. Lukey has gone for Gustavo Hamer, anytime card at 7-2. I think that's for Coventry against QPR on Friday night. Uh, sports betting, bet on value, uh, one of the best accounts to follow on Twitter. He's gone for the Danish league, Midgetland against Lingby, under three goals at 1.82. Steven has gone for Oxford United, 8-5 eight eight to, to beat Sunderland. Uh, I can't read this guy's username out <laughs> on the podcast, but he's gone for PSG minus one Asian handicap at 2.05 against Nice. Luco has gone for a red card in Liverpool Chelsea at 5.5. Stephen Smith has gone for Luke Amos, two shots on target for QPR away at Coventry on Friday at 20 to 1. And Mark has gone for Morecambe at 11 to 8 at home to Cambridge in League Two. So I think that rounds us off. Some really good shouts in there, some very big prices. Others of you playing a little, little bit more cool. Uh, we'll see how we go and we'll pick out the best priced winner uh, probably on Monday. So watch this space. But um, right, we're almost at the end of the show. Uh, please do let us know if you've enjoyed it. If you have any feedback or any ideas for future editions, we do aim to record each week now from Thursday and get the podcast out before close of play. So we'd love to have you on board. Gold members will get preferential access to the podcast, which we'll release on Thursday nights. It will be released publicly on Friday. So that's my housekeeping done. Uh, Tom, you can go first with your long shot, please. Yeah, long shot is something that um, I don't usually ponder into this market too much, but it's the correct score market. And it's just one that stands out to me, and it's Newport, who are at home against Barrow, the League Two new boys. And Barrow have actually started quite well, uh, especially defensively. I was impressed with them at Derby in the Cup. Um, scuppered a few hackers that, for sure, with it being the early game as well. But, um, yeah, they, they look quite solid. Um, they came up playing a kind of expansive um, out-from-the-back style of football under Ian Everett. They've changed that a little bit from what I've seen. Um, they've been a bit more pragmatic and absolutely fair play to them. I think if they stay up this season, that'll be a good result for them. Um, but I, I was really impressed with Newport midweek against Cambridge. Peppered the goal. I think they had around 26 shots or something like that. Um, so, yeah, they, they were excellent. Um, but they only only just scraped by in the end. Um Good goal by Scott Twine, who's on loan from Swindon. Um, I really like Mike Flynn as a manager, and he's someone who always works the loan market really well. I mean, he's brought in Josh Sheehan in the past from Swansea. Um, Tyreek Backinson once came in, he did a really good job. Um, Ben White, of course, who's now playing in uh, the Premier League with Brighton, he was once on loan at Newport. So they do really good stuff to say that they're on quite a minimal budget. And um, they've actually got quite quite a strong squad. I was looking at the squad and it isn't as thin as I expected it to be, especially in attacking areas. So I think they've got a few more goals in them, but it might take a while for them to gel. Um, Flynn is really focused on a solid defence, especially at home. I think Newport were the, was the ground with the lowest amount of goals in the entire EFL last season. Um, so it, it would not surprise me if this is another low scorer. Um, but I do expect Newport to just edge it. Um, just think they've got that extra bit of quality in the final third to make the difference. So Newport to win 1-0. Um, 
is seven to one with Sport Nation. Um, it's around eleven to two in some places. So a big standout in the price there. Um, so yeah, I, I think the amount of times they won one nil at home last season, um, it definitely happened more than what one in seven times. So yeah, I'm more than happy to back this as a correct score on Saturday. Newport to beat Barrow one nil seven to one. Nice one, Will. Uh, what's your long shot? Yeah, um, a long shot is going to be Huddersfield at uh, six to one to beat Brentford. Um, due to coronavirus cases in their reserve squad, they couldn't name a full bench against Saints last night or whenever it was. I think it was last night. Um, then you've got Said Ben Rama as well. Transfer speculation didn't feature, might not feature again. Uh, obviously, Watkins has left. And I know Ivan Tony was coming from Peterborough with an amazing goal record, but it's a tougher level. It's not guaranteed to, to work. Um, obviously, I, I respect all you know Brentford's approach to, to transfers and things. So good luck to them. But I think Huddersfield, based upon these this kind of scenario here, could be a shout... Brentford's new stadium uh, it's got to be a factor as well um, they obviously got a new manager themselves as well Huddersfield Corberan I'm not going to pretend I know much about him um, I think he's he's been a Leeds under 23 coach so I don't think anyone knows much about him but um, and they've had a bit of a clear out um, Steve Mounier has gone Kachunga gone Smith Rowe's gone back to Arsenal and Carlin Grant is not featuring as well um, or at least he hasn't so far because he might move to West, West Brom. But in general, this is more of a, an anti-Brentford play more than anything. Um, so I'm going for Huddersfield at 6-1. to one. Obviously, we've got home field advantage as well. It's kind of been reduced um, and with the new stadium effect. Good case made there, Will. I'm going to stick with you now for your weekend nap. What's your favourite fancy? Yeah. Um, going for Pompey to beat Rochdale at 1.75. I did want to put up Carlisle, but the Price has dropped a fair bit now, isn't it? After everyone's been going against poor old Southend. Um, but back to back to Pompey. I usually hate odds on aways as a golden rule. Um, whether that's based on any sound data or not, I don't know. But um, but yeah, like I just mentioned, home field advantage being reduced. So I'm less bothered now by that. Um, I work with a couple of Portsmouth fans and they're not best pleased about Kenny Jacket um, saying it's boring football and it you know, hasn't got them up yet from League One. But uh, while that approach might not get a promotion, you still feel like a top six finish is probably assured. And and Dale don't don't look great. Um, I watched on iFollow against, you know, I'm a Swindon fan for my sins. Um, so I watched Swindon Rochdale last week and Rochdale were, were gone within half an hour. It was pretty pretty poor with mistakes at the back uh second half they rallied a little bit and it was largely just complacency from Swindon that that allowed that that goal late on from for Rochdale so um one thing to note is actually they, they made 26 tackles against us last week which I found insane and their league one average last season was only 14.2 so there's no tackles markets up yet but I'd have a look out for Rochdale tackles if we think they're going to get dominated by Portsmouth it might happen again um, but yeah, Portsmouth three to four to beat Rochdale. Good stuff. Over to you now, Tom. Your your nap of the weekend. Yeah, I've kind of uh, swayed back and forth on this um, between a couple. I mean, I, I was fancying Carlisle as well. Um, price has been chipped as we probably uh, expected, to be honest. Um, but I'm going to head to Syria. Obviously, it's the first game week um, over there, and the team that I was really enjoying watching last season was Sassuolo. Um, it's quite quite a small region. Um, in, it's just south of Modena, I think. Um, I've been around there before and it, it's not it's not a massive place, but they're they a really enterprising team and I really like the manager, De Zerbi. Um, they've kept the majority of their squad as well, surprisingly, from last season. Berardi's still there, who seems to have been there for years and years now. Um, he's still relatively young as well, which kind of um, really shocked me when I say that. They've kept Jeremy Boger at the minute as well. Caputo. Um, they've got quite quite a strong squad there, especially midfield, the likes of Locatelli as well. And they've added um, Karn Ayan from Dusseldorf to come in. Um, 
add a bit more steel and uh, class into that defence um, that's looking really strong. And if you look at them last season, they, they were one of the better teams, especially from a goals perspective. Scored plenty of goals. Um, they did concede one or two as well, which was which is a bit of a bit of a worry. But this is more against Cagliari, who are their opponents here. Obviously, Cagliari on the island of Sardinia, they've got to fly to every away game. Um, maybe that's caused them to have a very bad away record last season. Uh, they won just twice on the road, drew five times and lost 12. So that's probably one of the worst records in the league. Um, their XG was minus 18 on XG ratio last season as well. So they did actually end up a bit higher than they probably should have, in all honesty. I know they kind of splashed the cash a little bit. They brought in Nangolan, Pedro. They've, they signed pretty well, but again, defensively, they've been very poor, especially away from home. And Sassuolo can score a few against them. I just think they'll outscore them, to be honest. Uh, the money has come for them. They were odds against 21 to 20 the other day. Um, best price now is 39 to 40. Very odd price with Unibet. Um, that's one for your decimal people. Hey, but, yeah. yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think that um, I still think it's a bet, probably down to about um, 1.85, 17 to 20, something like that. Um, I just think they're a much stronger team, decent at home, very good attacking players. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Cagliari got on the score sheet. Um, Sassuolo and both teams to score I was looking at that's 5-2 to two if you want something a bit bigger but more than happy to take uh, near even quotes on them I mean if you take it with Bet365 it's 10-11 to 11, but with that you get this early payout offer where they, if they score twice or they go 2-0 up um, you get paid out as a winner straight away and it wouldn't surprise me if they went 2-0 up in the first half or something I expect them to start very well here so Deserbi and uh, Sassuolo for me here. Just on shared under even money, which is a bit of a shame, um, but I still think it's a decent bet. Best prize is 888 or Unibet for that. Very thorough as always, Tom. And if anything, I'm only here for your pronunciation of Cagliari. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys, um, any other business before we, we wrap up? Anything else that you spotted which you want to share? No. I just wanted to stay. I just wanted to say um, too early for my for my red card and penalty bets, unfortunately, for bookies pricing them up. But um, I will be having a look at the Crawley Scunthorpe game, and I can't remember who uh, Breakspear is reffing, but just look at that game, whoever it is, every time. <laughs> Stevenage Oldham, I think. Well, That's the Stevenage one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but Sky yeah, have priced it up, but Sky have priced it up, but it's um, money's already gone for it there. Just wait for another bookie to price that up and it might get a better price already great stuff um all right that's us with the we love betting podcast in association with gambler tips uh, all done and dusted for this week thanks very much for your time please do let us know if you've enjoyed the podcast and of course if there's anything we can do better for next time uh, best of luck with your weekend bets so thanks very much tom cheers matt and thank you very much will hopefully hear from you again soon as well yeah thanks mate cheers guys goodbye